Good morning, everybody. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Natural and Kosher Cheeses, where quality and flavor matter. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love it. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I cook for people for Shabbos, for Yontov, Hanukkah, anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. I also run kosher chop competitions. That's the newest addition to the Aussie Gourmet repertoire. So I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my exciting food adventures, my kosher food traveling and sharing of great ideas and recipes each week especially with my awesome guests. But I want to hear about your food experiences too, so email me, naomi at nachamsegel.com and um, follow along because I want to hear about what you do and what you made and what you ate, all that fun stuff in the food world. Um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, you know. You know it, what to do there. Um, so I just want to um, a little uh, talk about um, the show from two weeks ago. I, I've been following along our Kosher Fest show Um We've had like 1,500 plus hits as of today um, that I'm recording this show. So it was really exciting that so many people watched and tuned in to our amazing Kosher Fest show. I just, a big shout out again to ZK and Jamie and Yoni for being there and all my friends that followed me around the room. Okay, a little, um, uh, what do we call it, homework. I'd like to talk about my amazing sponsors from our Kitchen Gadget segment, Kitchen Click. Fagi Sprecher is the owner, along with her husband, and um, that we have a big giveaway this week. Do I have? Do I, yeah. yeah I have. Okay. Mendy is a good friend of mine. Oh, really? That's From, so cute. I, I went to literally elementary school with Jay him. Jay Grew up in Williamsburg with him. It's a great, and I spent some time in the store doing this thing. This Live lunch thing. a year ago. Live that lunch. was almost a year ago. It was amazing. I mean, so Jay Booksbaum is going to be joining us and Gershon Bodner from owner of Murad Wine News in Israel. They're going to be joining us. But I want to just talk about Kitchen Click. Okay. Every month they do an amazing uh, giveaway, um, and this month is no different. Please, everyone, listen to the show and do this, this at the same time. Everybody go onto Instagram and like Nachum Siegel Network. Naomi Nachman and the Kitchen Click New York, and you will be in entered to win a whole coffee set. Wow. Coffee makers and coffee cups, everything. You'll see what you see on that Instagram page um, on the Kitchen Click. You'll see that's what you're going to be winning. So it's really amazing. So you could win that. But if you want, if you don't have Instagram, just shoot me an email that you want to be entered as well, Naomi at NachamSiegel.com or just email me any case, Naomi at NachamSiegel.com and I will I will enter you to win one of these amazing coffee makers because, you know, it's this time of the year that we need to have warm coffee and warm drinks. So um, we're actually going to be having next week our Simon Springer and he's going to bring us, teach us all about the art of making really good coffee. Ooh. Yeah, so that's really Can't exciting. Wait. Yeah, you should you should come Maybe, back for yeah, that show. I'll, I'll come back. Yeah, because yeah. you're all about the drinks, whether it's coffee or some amazing wines. I'm now going to... Um, just make sure that, yeah, that I introduce you guys properly. So Jay Booksbaum is marketing executive from, yeah, I'm making you an executive today. Okay, thank you're you. You're an executive today. I always like being Vice honest. president. I always like when they write vice president. Yeah. Yeah, you're vice president of marketing right. for for uh, Royal, Wine. Royal Wines. Um, and he has bought, along with him, Gershon Bodnar, who's owner of Morad Winery out in Israel. He's he's by coastal. He's so lucky. He lives here. He lives there. But he has the most amazing wine, and we're going to be talking to him because I've been following. Continental. He's by continental, run not even by coastal. I love. I've always loved Morad wines. I've been a big fan. Jay has bought them on a couple of times a year, but we've never been able to get Gershon in the show himself. And even though I see him every year at Kosher Fest, I keep saying, "I want to have you on." We finally did it. Thank so, you. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, welcome. As you can see, our um, if you're watching on our Nachum Siegel Net YouTube channel, you can see our glasses all lined up and all our wines, but you can't smell what's going on in the studio. Jay's actually prepared some foods that um, he's been involved with as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So welcome and to I, both I, of you. I think, you know, it's Thanks. important that you don't drink wine in a vacuum. We've done that many times. Yes. But if we could have it with food, which I did today... It's even more fun. Everybody knows I love to eat, so this is really exciting. So why don't you guys, let's start off with a little bit about Gershon and introduce Gershon to, to our audience. So audience, Gershon, Gershon, you, the audience, welcome. That. I'm in. Jay's going to eat. Make sure I get some of that pizza too. Okay. Hi, welcome. How long have you um, 
had the winery for? I have the winery for about seven years. Okay. But the winery exists for many, many more years as a boutique winery. What does that mean? A boutique winery means that it does not, the winery does not produce for exporting or produce for mass production, but only small quantity for people that love to come and taste wine at the place of production. It's a very small quantity, generally for families who come and use the wine. But we are very proud of our winemakers. Our winemakers are third generation winemakers. Originally, they made wine only for ritual purposes, and they did it because they lived in Muslim countries where wine is not available. Like where? They used to live in Iraq, uh-huh. but they walked all the way to Israel when time was not allowed and wow. no transportation to Israel. They walked their way to Israel and established a small winery in their backyard. Uh, seven years what, ago... What is their name? The name is Morad. I retain the name of the people who made, uh, who, who is the winemaker. Oh, fantastic. Is, is the family so nice. of Morad still involved? The family of Morad is still involved. Both husband and wife are working at the winery. Oh, that's amazing, the, right? I love that. Thank you. The winemaker is still producing the wine, and his wife is really the host of our visiting center. Just okay. for some historical you know, perspective, when did they actually make this trek from Iraq to Israel? Yeah, that, right. I was going to ask They did that. it in 1952. Wow, okay. Right. And they settled in the town of Yokneam, and this is where they still live. Now, Yokneam at the time was a very, very small shtetl. <laughs> but today... I think the whole country was a small shtetl. At the time, but today Yokneam is a very big city, a very luxurious city, with a very, very high-tech industrial park. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Um, okay, uh, Jay's actually passing around pizza for those who are watching. <laughs> okay, so how did you get involved? Did you just lo- fell in love with the company? Like, how, how, Were you a winemaker? What's your experience? No, I was always a love, uh, in love with wine. And one of the time and during my visit to Israel, I stopped at this boutique winery. The winery used to welcome people who like wine and let them taste. And that's how they used to make a living, from people who stopped by to taste wine. I came, I tasted the wine, I liked it, so I bought the winery. <laughs> I like that. Wasn't there a, a guy who used to, I like the shaver so much I bought the company? Wasn't right, that right. like a thing? It was called a millionaire or something like I that? I don't know. Some Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's really cool. So were you living in Israel at the time? No, I was not. I, I live here in the state. For, okay. Right, but we uh, visit Israel very frequently. Okay. But you're originally Israeli? Correct. Okay, because I hear the accent, you know. <laughs> you can't fool the listeners. They're, they're on the radio. So, Okay, so um, did they have such nice bottles? Were you in charge of all this beautiful bottling and the, the um, logos are very crisp and very clear? Just like your wines. Uh, thank you. No, at the time, they did not have any of those bottles. Once I bought the winery, of course, I industrialized it. I introduced new bottles, new equipment, new machinery, new space, and we become more of an international company. We are now known as one of the biggest producers of wine, which is not from grapes. Okay, let's take that because I can hear everyone in my head going, why not from grapes? What do you mean? Well, I'm going to give it to you. There are so many. There are so many wineries, excellent wineries throughout the world, and they all make wine from grapes. I cannot compete against them, and I had to do something which is different. I specialize in fruit wine. In other words, wine that is made from anything except grapes. Okay, who'd have thought, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I only thought wine came from grapes. Well, originally it did not. Uh-huh. Originally, uh, the earliest known wine was made really in uh, Iran. And this was about 1,500 years ago. At the time, it was made with uh, grapes. However, many, many years before, it was made in China. And in China, there was a composition of fruit and grapes to make the wine. And fruit uh, became probably the most dominant uh, um, thing to make the wine at the time, but it lost favor when wine was produced in Iran. 
And from zero on, it became only grapes. Synonymous with grapes. Okay. So, like, I see passion fruit wine. So he has a bottle of passion fruit wine, which is like, love love that so much. It's high in alcoholic content because whenever we have it at the table, we're like, woohoo. So you you get passion, you grow passion fruit, and then you turn that into wine? Actually, we do not grow the fruit ourselves. We buy it from people who are much better than us as farmers and know how to grow fruit. So, but local in Israel? Correct. Okay, amazing. We buy it from them and we go around and we pick up the best passion fruit that is available. And that's what we use. The process of making wine from fruit is very, very similar okay. to the wine that is uh, used Can you walk us grapes. through that a little bit? Wine is basically a fermentation process. Grapes is done... Um, through fermentation to make it wine, and so is fruit, and so is passion fruit. It's a fermentation process that produces the alcohol to the level, the desired level. In our case, the same as wine, 14%. Yeah. If I may. Jay, please. Excuse me. What is, with grape wine, usually the, the sugar is high enough in the natural grape juice for it to achieve 13 or 14%. How are you able to achieve that with uh, passion fruit? Is the sugars high enough, or do you add a little bit of natural sugars? Or passion fruit by itself is not sufficient to really for fermentation, right? Because it doesn't have enough sugar content, right? Right. Actually, passion fruit is somewhat bitter, and it's yeah, not tart. very pleasant. It's a bit tart. Correct, and it's not very pleasant to um, eat. We have to add some sugar in order to initiate the fermentation. Great. That that that's that clarifies, and so, what other what other? But everything you make is from the fruit itself, correct? Everything we made is from natural fruit. We always use a fruit, but one of the things that we keep very very uh, sacred to us is always to retain the taste of the fruit that the wine is coming from. In other words, when you drink our passion fruit, you know it's passion fruit. It yes, is the same taste. Absolutely. When you taste our pomegranate, you know it is pomegranate mm-hmm. and there is no mistake. The same with the lychee, the same with the apple wine, and the same with many other wines that we make. Now you spoke you spoke beautifully about the Murad family and, and their winemaking, you know, partnership of husband and wife. Did you have any when you took over the winery or when you got involved in the winery, did you have any input and tell us a little bit about whatever background might have influenced that? Because I, I know something about you that I'd like everybody to <laughs> That's a question Actually, I can ask. Right. My background is not in the wine or the food industry. I'm an engineer, and I did my schooling here in the state, and I have a degree in industrial engineering, both undergraduate, graduate, and postgraduate. Oh, so you're a doctor? No, I'm not a doctor. I did not submit my thesis. That's <laughs> where my family started and they took precedence. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Wait, <laughs> smart guy too. However, my wife is a doctor of physical therapy. Oh, cool. She completed her doctorate degree many, many years after we got married. Dr. Ellen Bodnar. I like that. Nice. Okay. But how, how has you brought, have you brought any of your engineering skills to bear on the influence of the wines or the winery? Yeah. No question. Um, my my background enabled me to do several things. First, to go through the process of industrialization. Right. Where I converted a boutique winery that didn't have proper equipment. The largest uh, vat, uh, vat. vat that they used was something like maybe 25 gallons. <laughs> Uh, okay, is that a lot? That's well, tiny. Just, like just a to little give barrel? You, just give you a perspective, okay? Uh, the tanks that Herzog, Baron Herzog Chardonnay oh, made in there. are 50,000, you know, like oh. tens of thousands of gallons or 5,000 gallons. So, per, per thing. Okay, yeah, got so, it. So 25 gallons. Just is, giving us a frame of reference. Right. And okay. just to give you even better frame of reference, a barrel, a regular wine barrel is over 50 gallons. So okay. this is half a wine barrel. <laughs> at most. That's right. correct. Baby, baby barrels. Well, we are not yet at the level of uh, Herzog, of Baron Herzog in terms of our capacity, but we hope to get there one day. Wow, that's, <laughs> I've been out to California. That's a massive wine plant. Yeah. 
Yes, it is. And it's a pleasure to be there because not only is it a nice plant, but the people are extremely nice. Oh, and the restaurant is outstanding. Oh, oh yeah. Thank you, thank Big you. shout out to Tierra, so yes. one of our favorites and one of America's best kosher restaurants. No question. So I'm dying to get back there I again. would like to say the world's best kosher restaurant. The world's restaurant. best kosher restaurant. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. Well, I, yeah, I, I think you can I, say you know, it, though. I really mean You it. can say it. Gabe Garcia, he's there, yeah, the he's, chef. Yep. Chef, still, yeah. He, still, you set us up with a meal there about three right. years ago. Yeah, we need to go back to California. But first, Israel. We're excited to eat our way through Israel this coming January. Okay, so um, you have a bit of a selection of stuff with us as well. So, um, Jay, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Okay. What, what's going on over there? Well, what I'd like to try to do... Maybe we should drink some of yes, it. Yeah. Yes, what I'd like to try to do first is taste this on its own, the passion fruit, yeah. which is the largest selling. How many different varieties do you have, Gershon? At the, winery, at the winery, we have about 30 different types. Really? Yes. You're famous mm. for your passion fruit wine, though. You know that, right? Yes, we are. And doesn't it say, like, on the back, Jay, if I'm not... You can't make kiddish at all or something? That's right. It says shehakol. It's shehakol. Right. Right. It is Shehakol because it's not made from grapes. Right. Uh, yeah, and, that's and a good please, point. Please, everybody, yeah, exactly. Everybody. Ask your own rabbi. No, no. No, you, it's not, <laughs> no, it's it's, not it's, Guffin. It's, you cannot make okay, so these Kiddush are on this. At least okay. not Friday night. You might mm-hmm. you might be able to make it Shabbos morning. It's, For that, ask your own it rabbi. It smells like grape, like um, passion, fruit. passion fruit. But you also mm-hmm. have a grapefruit one also, right? Yeah. I do. Yes, I do. It smells amazing. I grew up eating Passiflora. Passiflora yes, is grapefruit. Is a passion fruit. I keep saying grapefruit. Passion fruit in Hebrew. And we have a lot of it growing in Australia, tropical in the tropical regions. This smells fabulous, right? Like CK, like oh, okay. So what? What I thought would be fun. We and we do this throughout the country. And I don't remember who came up with this idea. Was it Josh or was it you? I don't remember. Actually, it's my wife. Okay, she came with a drink because we used it for our daughter's wedding. And for our daughter wedding, she made what she called a wedding bliss, and which was made out of passion fruit and prosecco. prosecco. Oh, I love that. Are we going to have a lachaim? So yes, what, what I thought we'd do is pour a little bit more of this, Gershon, if you don't mind, pouring a little bit more of this passion fruit into everybody's glass, a little bit more. And no, then I, I haven't eaten today yet. I need to eat something. Oh, here you go. I love that pop. Oh, oh my aye, goodness. Mazel tov. <laughs> We just spilled champagne on the floor. Uh oh! I hope Miriam's not watching right now. Uh oh! <laughs> okay. Miriam, it wasn't us. It wasn't. It was Jay. It was Jay. It was just me. And I'm not throwing Blame you under the bus. Me. There. We're having a good time. We're not gonna. Nothing better. You can smell. You can smell champagne all day and all night. And uh, equal parts? No less, but a third. Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't forget ZK. And I started Uh-oh. to say my wife developed this drink for my daughter's wedding. That's and beautiful. what we did. When people entered the wedding, we gave them this wedding bliss. It was interesting to see is people liked it. So when a, third of wine, it was the, a third of it was the passion or a third of it was the Prosecco? Prosecco. Okay. And people went through the line as they walked in and then they went back to the line so they can take a second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say I love these. I make an amazing... Um, Chocolate martini. It's actually going to be on one of my kosher.com videos. Me making a chocolate martini with your, with this one, with the um, double espresso. Thank you. I love that. And while we're while we're doing that, Naomi, before yeah. it gets too cold. Wait, did that get champagne all over it? No, no, okay, no, it did not. <laughs> but this okay. is this is you know in honor of uh, he just got back last week, ZK from. Uh, from Venice. From Venice. Okay. And we, by the way, he was counting down to before the show started in Italian. So I'm just saying. He's still on that high. So you've, he's got this uh, Tuscanini pizza. And ZK, what do you think of that? It's awesome. It's like really the best. Is this, is this um, pizza? So, this is pizza is sold in Gourmet Glut. So our What's for Dinner segment. Ah, that's right. They, is, they is feature actually, this from time to time. Uh, is um. Our was for dinner sponsored by Gourmet Glat, and it is actually going to be this pizza because I love pizza. That's you know I don't know if people know that I don't know if I talk about it so much on the air. You know all know I love cheese, right? And I love working with natural and kosher, but I love love cheese, and I love having pizza in my freezer at any time because my kids. We got to get you some. Yeah, my kids need. You know, they come home, this one comes home, that one comes home from college, come home from school Friday afternoon. There's always pizza on my table Friday afternoon because the kids come home at one o'clock. 
And Shabbos is not till, well, right now it's like four o'clock. Right. They need to eat. And I don't want them eating my Shabbos food. So I always leave out some pizza. And now it's going to be this amazing Tuscanini pizza. So thank you, Gourmet Glatt, for carrying this beautiful pizza from? From Tuscanini. Tuscanini? From, from Tuscanini. The people at Tuscanini, which is, it's made fresh. It's chalavi stroll. It's pasti stroll. It's the whole, the whole nine yards. And it's, and you know what's interesting about this pizza? Mm. And, and I, I don't want it, again, as I, as I mentioned from the beginning, it's so interesting to eat this side by side with the drink. Okay. I just want to say. And because of the richness of the of this drink and the richness of the pizza, it really isn't hard. So I'm just saying it's um, Friday morning and I'm having mushroom pizza and I'm having a champagne cocktail. Correct. I love it. What a life. I mean, yeah. You know what? It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's it might as well be it. me. Might as well be. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mm. It's a good balance of sauce and cheese. Great. Right? Yeah, right. it's extremely good. And it's all fresh. Chase it down right. with. You know, unlike other, uh, you know, frozen kosher pizzas yeah. you have on the market, they're all completely cooked. The cheese is melted. This is not. This actually comes, uh, you know, the cheese and the sauce is raw on top. Can we get a pack? Do you have a spare packet that we can show? Yeah, I did. I showed it. Yeah. Um, to... to um, no, can we pull the pizza out of it to sure. see? I would like people to who are watching our, along with our show. When you, while Jay opens that, I'm just going to keep munching on this pizza. It's so. Now good. that we've opened it, I have to, uh, of course, put it back in the oven. Right. Look at that. Wow. Got it? You got it. Very good. Closer. Let's see how it's all. It's all like fresh Let's cheese. Get some behind not, the scenes you know, like photos the little... a bit. I love that. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna get a picture of you. This is, you know, I put up every every show. I try to put up some behind the scenes pictures uh-huh. of the craziness that goes on over here. <laughs> of course, my phone is not working, and oh, here we go. There's Jay holding up pizza. Uh, no. Yes. Yeah. Again, smile. Okay, beautiful. See, see this behind the scenes pictures of table for two. Join me on Facebook. I'm going to take a little little break. You're going yeah. to leave your scene here, but I'm going to let uh, Gershon continue to talk about the lychee wine, the pomegranate wine, and, and his wine in general while I go cook some more pizza. Oh, I love that. Good show, ZK. Good show. All right. Okay, Gershon, let's talk about the different wines. Okay, another wine that we have, of course, is the lychee. Again, it is made from 100% lychee fruit, and we retain the smell of and the a taste of the lychee itself. Lychee wine appears to be a little bit more difficult to make because the season for lychee is very short. It's not more than two to three weeks a year. And where is it? When is that season? In the summer, right? Correct. I was in Israel once um, in August, I think, and we were able to buy like a bag of lychees this big for like 10 shekels at Machane Yehuda. And, you know, it was delicious and amazing, and it just, the season was over just like that. Yeah. Well, one of the things about lychee also, once you pick it up, you have to consume it quick. Otherwise, it changes colors, and it becomes brown. Right. Not very appetizing. So we have to use it uh, very as soon as possible after it's picked up from the tree. And we have to do a lot of the uh, peeling, and it's all done by hand. Really? Oh my God! You have all these people just literally. Exactly there? so. Oh my God! Uh, yes. <laughs> you should yes. get some volunteers. People love to volunteer and go on a foodie adventure. Get some volunteers, peel the lychees, make the wine. Well, it sounds like a good idea, but right. it doesn't work this way. I'm sure. <laughs> people want to get paid for what they do. Absolutely. Mm. All right. Let's. Can we try? Some? Are we going to try some of that? Of one? course. He has the. He has the corkscrew. You know, I hope you guys don't think it's rude that I'm talking and eating, but can I just say, going back to the pizza, it's amazing, right, ZK? Like, and ZK is pizzaed out. You know, he went all over Venice, and where else were you? Murano. How the you went to the glass, the glass factories? It's amazing. Everywhere. <laughs> You've been everywhere, all over the Venice area, and then off to Bartonura as well, which is also a royal wine, as we were saying. So, um. It's, it's a really excellent pizza. Okay, so Gershon, I don't know if people can watch um, while while they're watching, but there's a bit of an art form to 
opening a bottle. Can you talk to us about the best tricks that you have? Well, everyone has his own trick, but I usually do what I do is um, want to release the cap, the sleeve, okay. so that when I take out the cap, it comes out together at the same time okay. in a very nice, Smooth. clean cut. I like that. Okay, cool. All right. We, you know, Jay, we actually haven't really spoken a lot about that, like how to open a bottle of wine. It's hard. I remember once we spoke about opening champagne. But it's not so easy we've, to. We've, we've done, we've, I think we've done the wine too, but you're right. It's time to do it again. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, um, Gershon was just explaining to us the best way to open a bottle of wine. And I, I, let's, let's do a little bit of a recap on the, on the temperature that wine, especially this wine, has a completely different flavor, flavor when it's room temperature than to when it's cold. Right. right. We it pref- doesn't have that bite. Yeah, we prefer to serve it chilled. Because when it's chilled, it is you don't taste the sweetness as much. It reduces the amount of sweetness, and you really taste the real taste of the fruit. Right. Right. So that's why we recommend serve it chilled. Okay. Is there a temperature that people should have? It doesn't have to be any specific temperature. Just in the fridge. And for how many hours does it chill? Like Actually, we recommend once a bottle is open to keep it refrigerated. Okay. And if you keep it this way, it can last for several weeks. And and before you open it, how many hours should it be in the fridge? As with as with any Jane? white wine, you have to put it in at least a, a twenty four hours before. Okay, so a really good cold wine. Really cold, like like a, you would drink your, you know, orange juice or your. And what about like if you? Oh my God, it's Shabbos morning. I forgot to put it in. You've come home from shul and you forgot to put it in. Is there a quick chill method? Oh yeah, I've, we've gone through this a couple of times. Yep. And it's real fun. And actually, I've taught this to to uh, waiters and waitresses throughout the country. Yeah, please share with notice. us. You take you take the wine. You put it into a an empty wine bucket. You pour over ice. Then you pour over water. Then you pour over salt. I don't think salt. we've discussed this. I did not no? know that. Okay. Jay, you, I did not know that. Well, it's a chemical reaction, and you pour over the salt, and you spin it about, you know, seven or eight or nine or ten times, and within literally three and a half to four and a half minutes, it is completely ice cold. Right. He's never told us, CK, right? No? That is awesome. Okay. Let, let's recap that. Okay. Because I want to... I wanna, so you, got, you get home. Jay, I want to do... That's yeah. awesome. That's a great You get great home, tip. and you've got... Uh, Gershon's Just say you don't have an ice bucket. Like, I personally don't have an ice bucket. Okay, use use any kind of pitcher. Pitcher. A water pitcher. A water pitcher. Great, I've got a water pitcher. Got a water pitcher that's, you know, that's Yeah, this I've wide, got one right? that will hold that, yeah. Okay, so you put, you put this in. Yeah. The water pitcher. I'm empty, so excited, yeah. Empty water pitcher. Then you surround it with ice, okay? Fill it to the top. Then you, right, fill it to the top with ice. Usually it'll be... Uh, It'll usually be about to where we call the shoulder. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm loving this. And then you pour water on top of that, which fills it up more, you know, so it's completely a water ice mix. Then you take salt, kosher, coarse salt, kosher co- salt. Kosher salt. We only use kosher salt. Use regular salt. salt too, but. No, 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 no. My listeners salt. only have kosher salt in the house okay. because table salt's just for challah, to sprinkle on challah. They only use kosher salt. For their cooking, so they would have that handy, right, listeners? Yes, I hear everyone giving me the thumbs okay, up. Okay, so use kosher salt, and then you spin the bottle uh, three, four, maybe <laughs> up to ten times. Leave it sit for between three and a half and four minutes, and when you take it out, it'll be ice cold. But I will give you one. I love this. Since, since you can see can this. Can we do this on our next show together? Absolutely. <gasps> and I'll bring in a warm bottle, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But I also have one other suggestion. Because the coldness is from the shoulder down, the person who drinks that first glass is going to get the, the, what we call the cap, which is warm. So what I do before I open the wine, after it's been chilled for four minutes, is I simply just blend it. So the cold wine comes to the top, and the warmer, that little bit of warmer wine is mixed in with the cold wine, and it's still ice cold. It's really a wonderful way to go. We are so doing that on the show next week, in a few weeks. Okay. We got to do that. I'm like ready. we got to do it. Like. When we do our um, kosher food and wine show, a show that we usually do a few weeks beforehand, when we build up the excitement, because that's going to come up soon in February. I actually had that happen uh, Thanksgiving. You know, where we didn't have uh, the wine wasn't cold enough. At your house? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody brought it. Oh, okay. It would be me, of course. Yeah, of course, because I sure, never make a do mistake. Do you have a big wine fridge at home? I have a wine cellar. <laughs> 
Of course he does. It's, okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, sorry. Little okay. distraction there. ZK okay, got nervous about something, but it's okay. I'm still sounding okay. I hear you. Okay. So, um, I, and what happened? You were so, telling the story. So, sorry. So that's how, you, that's how we chilled it. We, we took a bowl. We took a, a large pitcher. We don't also have, we also, I mean, I don't have, actually I didn't use this time a, an ice bucket. We, we put it in this pitcher, filled it with ice, filled it with water, put, uh, put uh, kosher salt next, you know, on top of it. Spun it a few times, waited four minutes. I ice love cold. it. You know what I'm going to be doing this Shabbos, right? <laughs> I think that's fantastic. I would suggest, because I know someone's going to say it, I would suggest that you know, many local rabbis, some local rabbis apparently don't think it's, a, it's appropriate to add the salt mixture because of the chemical. Ra- I'm not really sure why. Ask your own but you rabbi. Might wanna, you I'm going to ask, ask your rabbi, rabbi. But I'm going to go home and do but it tonight been, then. It's, yeah, do this it tonight. This afternoon. I just, I'm just so excited about that. Wow. I thought I, knew, I learned a lot from Jay and I continue to learn a lot there for Jay. Go. So that's very exciting. Because I'm a big, big, big fan of Morad Winery and their wines are like a spectacular when they're served and at the an right temperature. Glass. Sure, we have tons of empty glasses. Um yeah, so make sure you get some. And we've got like a lot of um, celebrating going on this month. It's uh, Kislev is upon us and Hanukkah's aye, down the aye, We can aye. look at Hanukkah. I can't believe it. It was just Thanksgiving. Remember Thanksgiving? Oh, my. Thanksgiving. From, yeah. from three years ago. So, you know, Hanukkah's coming up. We're having holiday parties and Murad Winery. Morad, Morad wines are the wines to serve your friends. You just have to make sure that, you know, that it's, it's so uh, you have enough of the selection and enough wine because it really goes. It's it's delicious. We never can ever we, can we taste this lychee. We never yes, had a. We can. can I just tell you, we never ever have this leftover. You remember saying you can leftovers can go in the fridge. What does that mean, leftover wine? Really, like it is so good. Let's try some of that lychee wine. Lychee, like any other of our wine, when you open the bottle, the first thing you want to do is smell the aroma, because. It really, the entire room is being overpowered by the aroma of our wine. It gets your um, glands secreting. Like you can it's feel, like, you feel it right here, right? It's so good. Okay. Wait, hold on. Wow. I have to drain my glass. hope you're not driving home too soon. I am not driving home just yet in any case. Okay. Okay. And I'm only having a little bit. Remember, I'm always about, you know, responsible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when you're having Hanukkah and guests and serving wine, you want to make sure that yeah. everyone's going to be responsible. And today with Uber, really, there's no <sighs> reason to drive. If, and in fact, just enjoy the, the meal and, you know, a little bit of spirit. And uh, With spirits? With spirits. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, so talk to me about yeah. this one. Wait, L'chaim. 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 All right, lychee wine. There you go. My mother always says you click it, click the glass, because you have to hear that it's all your senses. You smell right. it, you taste it, now you have to hear it. That's right. Little radio silence there as we drink our lychee wine. I happen to love lychee. I love lychee ice cream. My friend, Chaya Frischman from Fruit Platters and More, she makes lychee ices for Shabbat. It's delicious. She should serve it with this. It would be great. Um, okay, so we, we've discussed our passion fruit. We have our lychee and our, there's some pomegranate wine. Um, and also I, I love the grapefruit one. I think it's great. It's like a great morning drink, a <laughs> cocktail <laughs> with your grapefruit drink, your grapefruit in the morning. Okay, Jay is uh, bringing out some exciting goodies over there. He's got Jay. What is is that? More pizza? That's more pizza, but it's different. The oh, last it's a one, different pizza. The last one was mushroom. Okay, and this, this is, is po- cl- okay. He's going to make this himself is a classic. dirty. The classic, okay. We're always there is nothing like fresh pizza out of the oven. Whenever I call the pizza well, store, I said, "Can you make me a pie margarita. fresh?" A margarita. Did you have margarita pizza in Italy? I sure did. In Italy, I think they're more about the cheese and the sauce, right, ZK? It was very light on the sauce, but heavy on the cheese. Right? Yeah, but I like the sauce. I like the sauce better than. I know, Jay. That was one of the. F- so today actually well, is that's my. That's one of the thing we. R- we were remember? talking about that. Yeah. Jay and Four I just. Four years ago. Jay and I just had our anniversary a couple of weeks. Or oh, last week was Thanksgiving, and Jay and I met with Miriam L. Wallach, general manager of this amazing Nachum Siegel Network, and she tried to put together a show with me and Jay. Um, to do table for two together, and and they got us talking, and we met at the very. Where, what was it called? Oh, 
Noah's Ark, the late Noah's Ark on Grand Street. I remember what it was called, the Grand Dilly. Um, and uh, we met four years ago to plan working on Table for Two. And uh, that was era Thanksgiving. So that was just our four-year anniversary. So I now know Jay for four years. Okay. And he's still serving me food and drink. Okay. Well, this is a bit hot. Okay. So I'm just going to hold this up to the camera. This was just baked in our Nacham Siegel Network studio kitchen, brand new, <laughs> which new is oven. the lobby, which is the office outside. In our brand new oven. In our brand new oven. Jay actually bought that for the network. Thank you, Jay. Okay. Uh, ZK, here, I'll give you this. Sure. And you take that. Okay. Lots of fresh pizza going on. Guys, think about like I know that most of you are listening to this show on a Friday morning and, and or Friday afternoon. I know a lot of you listen to the show while you cook. And, and and have us in mind with your with your uh, Shabbos yep. cooking, and I really 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 appreciate that. So uh, we're now gonna let's taste this with lychee. Okay. So a bite of a bite of pizza, and then a sip of lychee. Okay. I like how the bottom is a little burnt there. Mm-hmm. That's the best part. I'm gonna just see that when it's a little bit mm-hmm. black. See, okay, is this on the screen? Yeah. I love it when it gets like that from the toaster mm-hmm. oven. I always put my pizza, my frozen pizza, in the toaster oven. I don't put it – well, most people – a lot of people don't have a milk oven. I happen to have one, but I love putting it in the pizza oven. Okay, here we go. In the, in my toaster oven, not my pizza oven. I wish I had a pizza oven. You could put this – wait, I have an idea. You could put this on a pizza stone and then put it in your oven if you have a milk oven. That would be amazing. Mm. A pizza stone just gives it that earthy flavor. Have you ever done it, Jay? No, but – you have to get yourself a pizza oven. Buy one for your wife. Pizza for, stone, for, you mean. A pizza stone. Okay. Buy one for your wife. Also, like you can put vegetables on a on a stone as well, like a parva one. Can you use a, a a paving stone from you know Home Depot or something? Would that work? I don't know. I I got mine from the Pampered Chef <laughs> a couple of years ago. I um Bed Bath and Beyond sells them. That's actually a really great question. Maybe on a terracotta stone. Yeah, I got to ask some of my foodie friends. Um, if anybody knows the answer to that, can you email me Naomi at nachamsegel dot com and I'll share that answer with you there, Jay. Okay. We're right. going to ask our our listening audience. Okay, so this is the classic uh, Tuscanini mm. margarita pizza. Mm. I love that bottom. Mm. But I, I have to tell you that. As good as it is, and it is, I think the, the lychee is a little bit too sweet, a little bit richer than this calls for more of a dessert wine. I would wine. say a Chenin Blanc. No, this this is a dessert wine. This the is a dessert is, wine. Right. I, I would say it calls for a little bit more of a slightly drier wine. Some sweetness, but not quite as sweet as this. Well, I think then in such a case, you would probably enjoy the pomegranate. The pomegranate ah. is not as sweet as the lychee. Well, let's open it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know that I'm going to take home all the leftovers, right? <laughs> Absolutely, of course. But Jay, one question: How long do you have to put the pizza in the toaster oven? Three minutes. Here. Read it. Yeah. That's a good ZK. You were just here. I'm turning over the back of the pizza oven. I can't remember the name of that 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 um. It's Venice. Venice. I can't remember the name of the, that bridge. It's a very famous bridge. I was there five years ago for Thanksgiving in Italy. Tzvi and I had Thanksgiving dinner. And um, what was it called? Gum gum. Gum gum. Uh, we, we did not eat turkey. We had artichokes. It was amazing. And a bottle of wine. And you know, Thanksgiving, I just hit my 25th anniversary in America. Wow. Yeah, a long time, right? I still have the accent. <laughs> um, okay, so you preheat this to 420 degrees and it's eight minutes in the oven. Eight minutes, okay. Or five minutes in a toaster oven until right, fully baked. Minutes. Drizzle with olive oil if desired. Desired. Check pizza while it bakes as oven temperatures may vary. I like that they have every single clause in there. This is absolutely, Venice does absolutely mm. look like that. You know, people don't realize how rich in history Venice is. ZK, did you know that Let's when you it. went? It's so rich in Jewish history. Watch the Nachum Siegel Network. You can go onto the archives and watch Nachum and the gang do their show back in uh, a week or so ago from Venice. Okay. Mmm. Have some of the. Um, I should have this. Pomegranate. Yeah. I think everyone's going to be jealous of all the wine we're drinking. Actually, it even smells less sweet. Correct. Okay. I don't actually have such a sweet, sweet tooth. So I like something a little You're bit. You're right. This is this is a better match. For the pizza. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. Better match. Definitely. Right. It's also got a little bit more acidity, it seems to me. Right. It yeah. does. Okay, yeah, this is really good. I really like the pomegranate wine. But I'm telling you, the passion fruit knocks it out of the park every single time. It's fantastic. Okay, it's one. Is it? I think it must be Royal Wines, one of their biggest um, wines. Do you know what the most popular wine is that's bought? Oh, it must be the Bartonora Blue. Of course. Okay, can you talk a little bit about that? How come that's like known all I drive all over New York. I'm in the Bronx and I see a big bottle of you know, blue. Bartonora started out as just being a wine only for the kosher community. Mm-hmm. And a Jewish kosher community likes, as a general rule, although that's evolving, sweet wine. Correct. And this was, but they also like, that's why during Pesach, especially for the four Kosos, we we sell a lot of light alcohol wines. Concord Cal and Cream Malaga. Right. All, all the stuff that's between 3 and 7% alcohol. Well, this had both of those kind of things going on for it. It is 5% Bartonura. Moscato is about 5% alcohol. And it's also off-dry. It's also semi-sweet. So we, it was selling like crazy to the from community, to the kosher community, to the Jewish consumer. And then one day, some rapper picked it up and loved it and put it on his video. And ever since then, of course, you know, a lot of hard work and a lot of siyata dishmaya, you know. Right. Uh, heavenly uh, intervention, and as a result, it is now the largest selling imported Moscato in America. That's amazing. It's now Talking over about four million bottles. Product placement. It's all it's about product placement. Unbelievable. No, but also, and, and, and you know, ZK was and there. good so wine. Could, I was just going to say, ZK can, can vouch for this. I mean, it's really great wine. Everybody yeah. loves it. It's really great wine. Kids like it. It's no, sweet. No, it's delicious. I'm, I'm not suggesting How did you, you know the story of Bartanura? I hope that people who listen to you and find out about the Morad wine, it will have the same destiny as a Bartanura. Besiata de Shmaya. You know what? Product placement. You're on table for two. There I'm just going to say that, you know. Yeah, that's it. This is where it all began. This is where when it all began. When he becomes a four million bottle, you know, winery. Amen, amen, amen. But are you going to treat us nice? We'll you know? treat you nice and we'll have to celebrate here again. <laughs> can I just say you can come back even if you don't hit the $4 million mark? I will be. It will be a pleasure. It will be a pleasure. I love you and your wines and you're always so nice when I met you you and your wife at all the different kosher wine venues and stuff. We really appreciate Thank you. what you have and, and we're all about quality here and you know I only talk about stuff that I get a lot of things that come past at, at my desk and really like I'm bringing you the best ofs and, and everything that comes here is really the best of, including Marad Winery and Toscanini Pizza. Am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. But I want to talk to Jay for a minute about um, Appalachian. Um, about, I want to say before Pesach, um, a lot of people were emailing me that there's this kosher apple cider that's now available that's amazing got a good hechsha it's from royal wines could you find out more about it and of course you know i had to bring jane and you know we finally got to talk a little bit about we spoke last week on our kosher fish show but let's talk a little bit more in detail uh, well, while you're here in the studio well, this, is, this is called appellation now it's a play on words i don't yeah. know if anybody realizes did that. you catch that guys yeah you it's did a, it's a play on words appellation means a place Okay, so when we talk about, for example, Morad, but more specifically any um, uh, grape wines, we talk about where does it come from? It comes from Israel. Okay, that's one appellation. But where in Israel? It comes from the Golan Heights. Okay, that's another appellation. Or it comes from the Judean Hills. Okay, but where in the Judean Hills? It comes from a specific vineyard. So the more specific you get, the more closer you get to the source of where the raw material come from, uh-huh. that is in wine, the better the usually the better the wine. Why? Because they want to express the terroir. They want to express that vineyard's flavor. It's terroir. I know what it is. Let's if a new listener doesn't know what it is, let's it, just recap it's, that. It's very simple. And I learned this from Alice Louboutin, who is who was I've met a very her. wonderful woman. And she said terroir is simply the taste of the place. Yep. So if if you include the air the sunshine, the, the heat, the soil, the, the, soil, the, the weather, the, the amount of rainfall, all of those things in combination make the taste of the place. And so that what that is what terroir means. And so you want to get the taste of that specific vineyard. Now, when it comes to most apple ciders, and this is alcoholic, it's kind of like a beer alcohol, about 
right? Yeah, usually a beer is usually about five percent. Actually, this is over six percent. So, oh, goody! So we can have a little bit more fun. <laughs> well, it, it range beer ranges between five and six. Okay, and well that's not a seven year. even. Right? Is that a big? That's not a big percentage, no. right? In the no, it's not. It's considered very light. Okay, considered still very light. So anyway, so this appellation was was a play on words because this comes from a specific apple orchard. So usually, when people make apple cider or apple, you know, fermented apple ciders. They, they get apples they from wherever they... The yeah, they from source everywhere. the from everywhere and then they put it together and then they okay. blend it up. But this comes from a very specific vineyard upstate New York and the reason why we got into it was we loved, you know, our winery upstate New York. The Kedem Winery upstate New York is right near a whole bunch of vineyards. We had, we had very close friendships because of the Kedem apple juice with the vineyard grower. Oh, I love that. Exactly. Great story. The vineyard grower... And, and we said, you know, we're in the alcoholic business. You're making apples. Maybe we can do something fun. See, and and see, Jews love for Pesach to have something like beer, which they can't have because it's comets. Right. So they had this at my Pesach program last year, Ram VIP Passover. We were at the Doral in Miami last year. Okay. And they had this. And there's three flavors. There's, um, there's sweet, cinnamon, and dry. My d- kids love the cinnamon ones. My kids, I, I just want to say that quite a few of my kids are over 21. Okay, there you go. There you go. And if, if you want to serve kids, only a parent can serve kids. I cannot tell you how many times I want to plug this, yeah, this anti-drinking do. thing. I cannot tell you how many times. You know that in the, in the five towns where I live, a lot of shuls are dry. You know, I went to a shul. I'm, I'm not going to name the shul. I went to a shul uh, two weeks ago in the five towns that was, quote, dry. And I went to Kiddush, and they had... Kiddish wine at the Kiddish. They had Kiddish wine, correct. So I said, I said, I thought this place is dry. Oh, yeah, but that's just the Kiddish wine. Well, I want to tell everybody, it's not just Kiddish wine. It's alcoholic. You want to have the Kiddish wine, that's fine. But, but don't, don't say you're fool dry. yourself. No, more importantly, I don't care what they say. Don't fool yourself that kids can't, you know, or people that have alcoholic problems can't get drunk on Kiddish wine. They can. Right. It's just drinking more of it or whatever. So... You know, if you really want to be totally dry, then you have to go with grape juice 100. percent But right, it, it's I, I just want people not not to Kid themselves. fool themselves. Yeah, yeah. That you know, kiddish wine is is not alcohol. Yeah, we it take is. we take this series as much as you think we are. We are a fun show, and we we like to drink, but we're all over 21. Right. Um, and and I was uh, you know I go to so many tastings where a kid will walk over to the table, a kid who's under 21, kid, anybody older than 21, and say you know can have a, a taste, and I'd go. Let me see your ID. And they'd show me their ID. And, of course, they're under 21. And I'd say, well, no, I'm sorry. I can't serve you. And they say, well, my, my mother is right there. She says it's fine. I said, well, then let her come over. I'll serve her. If she wants to give it to you, that's our business. Right. You know? Uh-huh. Okay, that's really so, interesting. Yeah. Is, is I, so it's not illegal for a parent to serve it? Uh, no, a parent can serve it. Okay, and we're not talking about parents giving their little kids a sip of scotch. We're talking, you know. Well, I, again. Right, I, you know, yeah, so let, don't, let's not. Let's make not go a mistake. There. Yeah, no, but let's not make a mistake. That's not what we're talking about. Right, you know, we're just right. a sip of kiddish yeah, wine. Kiddish a parent wine, can yeah. give their kid a sip uh, listen, of kiddish wine. Listen, I've been wine. teaching my kids to drink wine since literally they were born. Actually, at eight. eight my days, parents you know. used to. <laughs> <laughs> my parents used to dunk my in in Australia. They call it a dummy, a pacifier, uh-huh. in the kiddish wine, and I would like. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. You still remember that? No, but that's where it all. <laughs> my mother says that's where it all started. <laughs> my my foodie affair. I hear you. So uh, yeah. So okay. So we've we're we're we've got about ten minutes left of the show, Jane. I know you have some great Just, products you know, that you want to share with us. I, I am that royal I, wine is involved. I right? love I love to cook, although I'm not Jane, that great at it. Uh, really, I didn't know you like to cook. But I I do things like, you know, you're so didactic. You're so like careful about the recipe and the this and the, you know and the right measurements. Right. I don't do that. I take a can of beans and a can of this and a and cut up a bunch of vegetables and do some oil and then saute it all together and see what wine I have left over and throw what sauce it is it and throw it in and then right. and then taste it and then say, Oh, I think it needs a little bit more sugar and that's how I do it. So and and to be fair, it's it's not as good as how my wife does it, who's right. amazing. But what's great about it is is that you know, it used to be that I'd have to cut up uh, garlic and all this kind of stuff. This is my biggest lifesaver. Can I just say, Jay, I, it's like he read my mind when he knew what to bring into so the glad, studio today. So we actually did not coordinate this. We coordinated that we will bring having Gershon right, on, right. but we did not coordinate that we were going to have. This is the biggest lifesaver that you can have in your freezer. And I'm t- speaking as a chef now and a caterer, mini caterer. Um, these 
change my life. Yeah, so they're they're actually fresh chopped um, uh, parsley, fresh chopped ginger, fresh chopped garlic, fresh chopped um, cilantro, cilantro, uh, chili. I mean, so, and chili. Show me the chili. Yeah. Give me this one. I have not seen this one. It's, it's relatively new. Uh, oh, I love seeing that. And okay. they're kept frozen. And this so instead of going crazy, you, and they're really fresh. It's not, I mean, it's fresh frozen. So it's not like, you, you know, it's a flavoring of right. chili. It's the real thing. So this is what I find. Like I used to, when I was first married and living here on the Lower East Side or, or um, before I got really, really into cooking, I would buy this jar of garlic and keep it in the fridge. Uh-uh, we don't do that. Because... It loses its flavor. You want something that's picked fresh, frozen to enhance its and keep its flavor, really keep its flavor, natural, the way God intended it to be. Not enhanced, but keep its flavor the way. Right. And then you can use it ready to go. Right. That's what this product is. This is not in a jar losing flavor in your fridge. This is the way God intended it to be. I always joke around that it sits on a tree like this waiting to be picked. <laughs> right? It's like I do That's this so a lot cool. in my cooking in my cooking demos. And I use this a lot and I talk about this a lot. I love this product. And I'm always waiting that when they get the kosher Pesach brand. You know, I'm a Pesach chef. Right. So I'm always waiting when I do my Pesach cooking. When is the garlic going to come out? I need the garlic. I need the garlic. Because yeah, I love and, and the In some ways, leaf. you're so right. Because even when you get your garlic from the store, okay, it's been sitting in the bin for days well, or we weeks. We don't know how long it's, where it's come from, right. where it's traveled. And this was made, I mean, literally, they harvest it that day, they chop it up, they, you know, whatever, and then they freeze it. So it's fresh frozen right from the vineyard. And it's actually from Israel. Yeah. Which I love that. You're buying, supporting Israel. And this is what our show is about today with our Morad wines and our, our Dorot, Dorot, uh, um, frozen herbs, but also, of course, our Italian kosher pizza. Because oh, that's an honor. You have to know. return and Nachum's return from Italy. Yeah, and of course, and really good pizza. Really Just good. in honor of really good pizza. Um, okay, yeah. So I really like these. I'm a big fan of these. Um, and just the last thing, only because it, it's uh, we've only got a few minutes left, and really, this I think is the perfect accompaniment to uh, Gershon's. Let's see if we can open this up. Uh, it's a little biscotti. Go do you know ahead, the, they gave these out at Kosher Feast? Oh, yeah? On, and everybody's swag bag from Kosher now, Feast now was one of these. Now, this and, you know, have in mind the, the lychee and the pomegranate. Okay, and this the, is biscotti. Biscotti actually means – This actually means – biscotti means twice baked. Did you know that? I did not. You first you bake the cookie in a loaf. It's one giant loaf. Okay. Then you slice it, and then you bake it again to make it each so edge crispy. Have, so each egg, so each edge gets crispy. That's why you slice it and yeah. you, it firms it up a little bit. So that's why biscotti is twice baked. And, okay. and if you taste this, is this against, chocolate chips? This is okay because I, I'm always nervous it's going to be raisins. Oh, this is. I'm sorry, this is cranberry almond. Oh, cranberry this almond. Okay, that's fine. I just don't love raisins in my cookies. So I can hear Jay Munch. Go. I can hear it in the microphone. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> through the headset I love crunchy crunchy and you dip it in your coffee you see, but now, that's what it's for you want to dip it in your coffee yeah but taste this with okay what am I drinking this with I don't think I've had this oh no I must have I think okay. it'd go better with the with any of the sweet stuff it's really good but oh, I this think is this very might be good. best with the passion fruit I'm not sure but it's really good see, this is the most appropriate match today this cookie this is sweet. with this yeah because it's sweet. Or, um, or with the passion fruit. I think I'm going to say some of these in the studio, and I'm going to dunk them next week in my coffee. <laughs> cookies and wine is great. But cookies and coffee, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Okay, wow. Okay, um, so can, we have a, can I just – I want to bring up those um, apple beers. I just want to bring them up to the camera. I don't know if we got those in. But this is really great. I love this stuff. I actually thought, can I tell you, that it was called Appalachian because it's apple wine, apple cider. So I guess it's, that's... I well, that, that's the play on word. It's Appalachian. Is the, it comes from a specific place, and it's also made out of apples. Aha. Uh-huh. That's very cool. I really like that. I didn't know there was this dry one. And these are all kosher Pesach. That's correct. I'm not going to scare you all that Pesach's in a hundred and something days. Yeah. I'm scared. I did a hashtag. I did a hashtag. I was preparing some of some new recipes for my Pesach. Um, repertoire for my catering and I, I took a picture of this beautiful piece of meat on uh, in, and I put on Instagram and I wrote I hashtagged it 
Pesach before Hanukkah. And everyone was like, stop making us nervous already. I'm like, but it's, you know, Pesach is my whole world um, this time of the year. So, yeah. So this is really great. So we've got a great selection of apple ciders. We've got a great selection of wines. And, of course, we had pizza. Okay. Excellent. Okay. I'm just going to finish my cookie. I have another little bite. Okay. So next week we have an amazing show coming up. I we, want to hear about it. We are going to talk about coffee. You're kidding me. I know. I'm a pretty freaky coffee guy. Yeah, really? Yeah. So what do you think about fact, I'm, I'm Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts? <sighs> Dunkin' Donuts is horrible. Oh, really? Horrible. And, and and Starbucks? I mean, don't, don't, Dunkin' Donuts, God, please don't, you know. Uh, no. <laughs> so I'm not a fan. I love of, Starbucks. I'm not actually a fan mm-hmm. of either one because in Australia. But I'm thinking about getting this Nespresso machine. Oh, yeah, people like that. That's well, what I'm hearing. Well, people can win coffee, a coffee. It's not an espresso machine, but people can win from um, from Kitchen Click. They can win a, a whole, whole coffee, coffee kit. For, oh. So remember, let's recap that. You know what to do. You have to email me, Naomi at NachamSiegel.com. You have to like Naomi Nachman, Nachum Siegel Network, and the Kitchen Click New York to be in it to win it. An amazing coffee kit. So... Um, we're we're uh, trying to grow our Instagram pages and tell your friends, and you can win. All you have to do is win this to win this amazing coffee kit. So, um, yes, you can win an ex- you you can buy yourself an ex- nes- what do they say Nespresso Nespresso. I know it makes a big difference. I do not love my Carrick. Yeah, Don't tell I, my yeah, Carrick I have that. a question for you. Sure. Since you're such a big fan of coffee, uh, which brand does Royal distribute? Coffee Elite yeah. Elite Elite. I buy Elite on Pesach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and that, we, there, is, there are some other coffees that they do distribute under the Geffen label and under others. So I, I am a big, you know, being, being Australian, being Nescafe Australian, we're, and, and, and people in Israel, their coffees are completely different than the ones in America. Australian coffee's amazing. It's completely different flavor than the American ones. And Simon Springer next week is going to be coming on the show. I really want to hear him. Do you mind if I listen in? Yeah, absolutely. He's a coffee maven. He's also from Seattle. So he, that's where like oh, coffee that's where it all began. Yeah, that's where like it all began. The coffee like culture the began in Seattle. I actually went to the first Starbucks in America this past summer. They, I went to the original Starbucks in Seattle. Um, but it's really like amazing to see the different, like the terroir, like different. Right. And even though the only coffee plant in America where they actually grow coffee beans is in, drumroll, Hawaii. Oh, really? That's I've been right, to a coffee right. plant in Kauai. And their coffee also tastes different than the ones we're used to out here. They serve so. you coffee at the at the vineyard. Yeah, you can get whatever coffee you want. Vineyard, grove. what is grove? Uh, grove? What coffee is it? grove. He's so funny. He's so into wine. I don't know. What is I it? I don't know. I think is it's, it it's, grove, it was two it? years ago since I was there. So the coffee, coffee. Somebody should email. Coffee us. bean farm. I don't know. Coffee you ever farm? out in Kauai? Go out there. It's grove. I'm not sure. Yeah, coffee grove. If you know the answer, you know what to do. Naomi at nachamsegel.com because we love to learn from everyone who listens to us. Right. You know, you got to teach us back. Um, yeah, so um, Simon's actually going to teach us to us all about coffees. You know what's really popular? The drip coffees. There aren't so many kosher one, kosher coffee houses that do it. I was at 1982 in Borough Park uh, a few weeks ago, and they had amazing drip coffee, and Simon's going to talk to us about that. And the whole coffee culture, I think that's such an interesting thing to have on the show. And we've had amazing wines. And they're wines finding and- out that coffee is healthier as, as time goes on. There's yet always another study. Talking about how coffee is good for you. Yeah. Yes, but it has to be the uh, not the one that with a drip one, but rather the one that uh, melt into the in the cup. Really? Yeah. Uh, only those that are instant uh, instant coffees. Really? Yes. Okay. Are healthier. The only one that are healthy. The other one, it's not bad, but it's not as healthy. Not as healthy. Okay, that's interesting. So I actually have all my coffee from Australia. My parents bring me freeze-dried coffee in jars. Nescafe Gold from Australia is fantastic. So there you go. All right, we've had a pretty great show today. I hope that everyone enjoyed. A lot of stuff. Remember, uh, uh, we yeah, a lot of eating, a lot of drinking, a lot of fun, a lot of chit-chat, kosher talk radio. So we're really excited uh, that we had Jay back in the house. It's really been ages since we've been able to coordinate. But we've talked about you coming on late January, early February for the... Looking forward. For uh, KFWE 17. Now listen, everybody out there, they sent or they're sending emails to all of you who've been there last year. I urge you, if you want to go back, as soon as you get the email, respond. Because we will, God willing, be sold out (laughs) again. You always sell out. 
You always sell out. It's one of my favorite food events of the year. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Seal Network. Our show is sponsored by Natural and Kosher Cheeses, where quality and flavor matter. Our show is also heard on Arut Sheva English Radio. We hope that you'll stick with us right up till Lich Benching on the Nacham Siegel Network because we have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Wishing everybody Shabbat Shalom and L'chaim.